I did Cardi, Cardi B's makeup back in 2013 on a video shoot. And when I was doing her makeup, she was complaining to me that men didn't respect her because of what she did, right? Ironically enough, you're empowering, right? You're supposed to be empowerment. Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm with the great Tina Torres. Uh, I've been looking forward to, to speaking to Tina because we had uh, Shaver on the podcast last week. And if you kind of haven't put the two together, um, they did a track together called We Got Beef. Um, it's absolutely banging. Um, it's been blowing up as well. Sounds absolutely amazing. And the reason I wanted to get you on the show is because as an artist, you are doing it all. You've got you know the ability to sing. You've got the ability to rap. And I always love having great artists on the show. So appreciate you coming through. And the other thing that I noticed while doing research was you were also in the 50 Cent Twisted music video, which came out in like 2014. So it's a real kind of like, well, to me as like, I always forget how long people are in the industry for before, like, you know, they kind of pop up on people's radar, yeah. but it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, talk to me about how long you've been in the industry, because as I said, you've kind of been around the circles for quite a while, but does it feel like it's gone quite quickly or does it feel like, you know, just happened, like it's been a long process? Oh my God, this feels like the longest journey ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you now, I always say like, I, I, I kind of started coming around the industry in circles when I was like 19 but I was like a pastor's daughter. So my dad and family was like, no, you are not going there. You know what I mean? So I always tell people, it was like, I, I got to the starting line with like bloody knees and elbows and like, you know, just completely haggard. Um, so even just getting there, being able to, like I had to endure a lot of persecution from my own father, you know? So, um, so yeah, since I was 19, when I was 19, I, I was, um, I was like, I, I moved out to LA and I started working with a, a duo called the Juggernauts. Um, they went on to produce, you know, Jay-Z, Kanye, everyone, you know, uh, I believe it was, I forgot which album, but Rihanna, everyone. Um, so I was doing like reference vocals for them. And um, there was a situation that was supposed to happen. Like Baby Bash heard, I guess the, the execs at, at Capitol Records heard me on a record. And I was supposed to go back and finish it, but I had already moved back home and kind of like been in, in like this Christianity programming again, where I was like, you know, I, I can't go back out there. And that didn't end up happening, but a new song came out of that whole situation. And then long story short, I moved to New York and uh, there, you know, I just started making my moves. How was it with your father? Was it a religious thing or was it a perception of what hip hop was? Like, what was it that kind of held well, stopped him from being supportive? Uh, it was definitely the religious aspect. I mean, he, you know, my parents were ministers and my dad was like this big, like, you know, pretty much famous, like preacher in that whole Christian uh, evangelical world. So um, that, and I wasn't even allowed to listen to Christian hip hop. Really? 
Yeah. Like my dad traveled the world preaching a message called the sound of music and kind of like breaking down, you know, how music when it's out of order and like, and, and what it does to the, the human psyche and, and one's soul really. And uh, you know, there's, there's truth in music. I even talk about the frequency in music now, but the true vibration of hip hop, I, I always say that hip hop, uh, it, it definitely is a derivative of Latin music and Latin music is just uh, African rhythm that was taken, preserved in the Caribbean, um, you know, evolved in New York City. So what happened in the late 60s is, you know, all the kids from all over the tri-state area, from your blacks, your your Puerto Ricans, different Latinos, uh, Italians and even Jews all got together. And in the streets were, you know, just uh, it, fusing the sounds that they were accustomed to. And then it, it was like. The, the, the initial vibration was unification. It was unity between people and like rising out of the ashes because of all the, the you know, the bad things that were happening in New York City during that time. So, um, and I love what Karis once says, the true vibration of hip hop was all about peace, love, unity, and having fun, simply put. So, um, so I talk about that. And, you know, I think my dad was a little bit ignorant as far as that goes, because he, he, you know, of course didn't really delve into hip hop, but my journey through Latin music and even my love of hip hop at 17. I mean, my first two albums that I went to buy at 17, I had to sneak away, go to tower records. I bought a uh, fabulous um, street dreams and get Richard die trying. So, you know, that was like, I, that was like my introduction to it all. And then from there, I kind of went backward because I wasn't allowed to listen to all this stuff growing up. So at, at like 19, I discovered Lauren Hill and I knew Lauren Hill from the sister act movie. I loved her voice and all that. But when I sat down and like sat with the miseducation album, I could not let it leave my ears for like two months straight. And I just like, and it like, to me, I was like, this is what hip hop is. I felt it in my spirit and I felt it in my soul. And ever since then, you know, it's like, I've just been making my way and just kind of, you know, putting puzzle pieces together so that we can go back to that true vibration. Because I do want to talk about how hip hop was commandeered in the in the 80s and 90s for the detriment of generations as well. That's so much to touch on, but those are classic albums. Like, I Get Rich or Die Trying was the first hip hop album I ever listened to as well. So it, it, that was oh, the wow. one that, that got me into it. Um, but... Yeah, I agree with Lauren Hill. Like we reviewed Lauren Hill on this podcast ages ago, um, and it is one of the best albums in terms of like what it does for hip hop and also like sonically and what she is as an artist in terms of the way she can put songs together, the way she sings, the way she raps. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, undeniable in terms of her impact on hip hop. But I'm interested to know because how did you find hip hop? Like, um, how did I, I think hip hop found me and I mean, I would say, you know, the culture was very potent. So when I was like 17, you know what I mean? Everybody was, was listening to these new breaking songs and like, even just the, you know, the style of dress, you know, rock aware, baby fat. It was all very much that, that style. So, um, but I, I, I feel like my journey, even though it started off in like very shallow, superficial, you know, clothes and this whole image and pop culture, I, it, my journey led me again to the true vibration of hip hop. And that is peace, love, unity among humanity. It, it's interesting because it's like, in a way, when people say you shouldn't listen to something, you just want to listen to it more. And then yes. 
you you kind of especially when we're young it's almost like it's like there's something you're trying to hide from me and it's like i'm trying to find it makes you more obsessed with it in a yeah. weird way yeah that that whole taboo effect yeah it it's it works <laughs> my parents were always like this is just a phase you're going to grow out of it like how can you listen to this forever and like cuz my parents didn't listen to hip hop they still don't listen to hip hop they don't really get it um and so like but this phase has turned into a lifetime. But I think part of it is like, I'm going to show you it's not a phase and I'm going to show you that like, and then you get invested in it. The more research you do and the more artists you find, you're like, and now there's nothing better, literally. Exactly. Exactly. It's like the, the, what hip hop does is it like transcends all genres. So you can fuse it with anything, you know, and that rhythm just, you know, it awakens the spirit. It hits the soul. And and that's what I want to see more of, more more of that positive upliftment through hip hop in these next in this next era. Do you feel like that's coming? I'm here, absolutely. <laughs> well, I think so too because it's like it's been a weird kind of journey. Like I look back from like 2000s, 2010s, now we're 2020s, and it's like you can definitely see that we're coming back to message hip hop. Like, it feels like COVID in a weird way was a circuit breaker for hip hop. And like, it made a lot of people go, oh, I need to reflect on my own life, the society we live in, et cetera. Whereas I don't think we had that for a period of time. There was just like this, this movement away from messaging. Yes. Yeah, so well, I'll tell you now I'll touch on uh, how hip hop was commandeered. So, I mean, even like Bone Thugs and Harmony, Crazy Bone came out, like speaking about this article. Like I read this article years ago. And then when I saw him talking about it on a podcast, I was like, wow, that actually, I mean, it validates it. This is Crazy Bone talking about it. And he's speaking about it with conviction. And also too, because of his experience and what he knows in the industry. So there was a meeting that happened in the Hollywood Hills in the early nineties. And all of these executives or all the people from the label, they, they, they were told you have to sign an NDA before coming into this meeting. They signed the NDA. As soon as they heard what it was about, they said, we have this new groundbreaking genre called gangster rap, and we're going to be using it to fund the private prisons that we're investing in now. So if you see the content, you go from people like, you know, Karis, One, Public Enemy, all, all like the, what they were talking about to now. And even like I'm from the West Coast. So, you know, all the gangster rap, Ice Cube, all that to now, you know, it, it's not necessarily a story of, of rising out of the ashes. It's more like this is this is what we're in. This is a vibration we're in. We're going to stay here. And that's even what's happening now with, um, I'm going to just say it with Young Thug, you know, and um, I'm speaking to a, a few people right now in, in New York and, you know, that are in, in hip hop to talk about what's going on because um, uh, this, this music, what they consider art is not actually art. It's predictive programming. This is not hip hop. This is not the true vibration of hip hop. This is not what, what hip hop was created for. Instead, it was commandeered so that uh, all the, the words, the, the lyrics, the sounds, the whole uh, vibration of it all will subconsciously program generations. And we've seen incarceration go up. And you know what I mean? It's like, and we see uh, violence and crime and, and all that kind of stuff is, is, is up right now. And I, I do believe music ha plays a, a big role in contributing to all of that. So do you think that's a a now issue like 2010s or do you think that in the 90s it was the same issue? Because the 90s of hip-hop is considered the golden era of hip-hop. Now, keep in mind, uh, the, the cause, uh, the effect of the cause hadn't fully transpired yet. So it's like it's 
we're in it and everyone's having a good time. And then what happens like, oh, as time passes, you see the effect of what is going on. And now we see that and we complain about uh, people being killed in the streets, but we're not targeting, we're not complaining about the music that's talking about people being killed in the streets. And it's not, it's not like they're telling a story. Young Thug is literally saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna murder you. I'm gonna like, like speaking to someone saying, I'm going to bust a cap. I'm gonna take you out, all that kind of stuff. And it's, 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 you know, that, that, that will not happen on my watch. And, uh, you know, I know I'm a little controversial, but I'll even say it, Mr. Kevin Lyles is advocating in court for these people. And this is a man that's making money off of the detriment of generations. So I would like to call a round table and I'm trying to do that right now with people that are, are have influence and have names um, and especially women in hip hop as well that have been overlooked. Like I'm not talking about female rappers. I'm talking about women that have been around that support hip hop. Like I just met this lady, her name is uh, Tandy. I forgot her last name. She, um, she gives lectures and she uses hip hop, the true vibration of hip hop to help uplift youth and, and talk about what's going on and all of that. Um, and she knows Kevin. So I'm trying to get all these people together because it's like, you know, where it's, things are getting progressively worse and we need, we need to, we need to talk about it. So let me ask, how do you find, how do you feel about groups like NWA? Because obviously their music came from a situation where it was an expression of what they saw every day on the streets. Like some would say it's revolutionary in terms of what it did for hip hop, in terms of what it did for people, in terms of the things that they were able to express. But when you look back, do you have a differing opinion at all? No, that was more like expressing what was going on. And that was in like that the time, that transitional period where it went from like, and it seemed like it was the same thing going from talking about what's going on and then all of a sudden just staying in that vibration. There's no coming out of it. There's no, it's just, this is, this is our culture. This is what we are. Do you think though that like music is entertainment though? And that in a way it's just like a movie. Like we see violent movies all the time. You know, there's an argument, you know, people have a lot of critiques about hip hop and what they rap about they don't have the same critiques about violent movies i mean john wick is in his fourth iteration of the john wick series and they're just blood fests but people celebrate it and then it seems there's a different rule set for hip-hop do you not think that it's not a hip-hop problem it's a society problem that this is way deeper than just like the music and the music is just maybe a small element in the bigger picture Yes. Music. Uh, I would say music is a, is a, a, not just a small, it's a, a very important element. It's just as important as the, the programming from the visuals that we get. So yeah, it, it is a societal thing, but like it's, there's so many demographics out here. So they have to use different, you know, genres of music, different pockets of, of life. We're going to program people through movies, we're going to program this demographic through this kind of music, through all this. So I talk about that too, you know, um, predictive programming in movies. And for me, I have a hard time like now um, as when I had my, my spiritual awakening in like 2012, ever since then, it's really been hard for me to actually sit down and watch a film because I can see what's happening. I can see the, the subliminal messages in there and see the, the programming that's taking place. Now, um, it's like, it's, it's, that's like 
there's so much going on that uh, it, we need to talk about this just like we're doing now. So it's not black and white, like, oh, movies are bad. Oh, music is bad. Like we need to discuss what's going on here. So there's a difference. I tell there's a, a difference between art and predictive programming. We need to know the difference. And the more we're in tune, the more we, the more knowledge we have, then we can d- detect that people today. They can't, especially children. Well, I think in a weird way, freedom of expression and freedom of art is a big difference. Like the, I mean, I have a big problem with the way movies are made in general. Right now, they're just like cookie cutter. They're just like big action blockbusters that there's no real kind of like substance to them. They all kind of look the same and they're all just money budget films. But I think like the true kind of thought, and I look back in history and every kind of historic regime that, you know, manages people limits art first. And art limitation is one of those ways to keep the people under their thumb. So, like, I always think that free art and free expression is one of the key pillars in any free society rather than, you know, limited within a certain scope. Yes, and I agree with you. So I've been kind of changing my stance a little bit lately because I'm like, yeah, you know, when I like I had a discussion with someone and like, you can't take away something again, you're going to create the taboo effect and they're going to go after it even more. You know, we had prohibition in this country. And what did people do? They still got drunk, you know, uh, you know, behind closed doors. So what it is, is and I've been saying this for some years now, I'm like, people are going to be choosing their music the same way they choose their food in the future. We have knowledge. We have knowledge of food and what's good for our bodies. And and we we have a choice every day as to what we're going to eat, what we're not going to eat. So as soon as we have more knowledge about music and frequency and what it does to our our subconscious mind, what it does to our actual nervous system as well in, in the physical, then we can make better decisions. So, you know, while Young Thug is out here expressing, you know, how he wants to murder people, I'm out here expressing how, you know, I don't want to see that. And I, I want to see, you know, a different vibration going on. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, there's one thing, because when we talk about music, it's like, it's not only what people say, but it's sonically what you listen to. So, like, I personally, I, I like Young Thug. I think sonically what he was doing was really interesting and kind of set the tone for a lot of people. I don't necessarily go to him these days as much, but, like, it's like for me, the first thing that got me into hip hop was sound. So it's like the sound is now the first thing yeah. that I listen for before I listen to messaging. Cause half the time, and one's going to take me like three or four listens anyway to pick up half the shit that they're talking about. But I think sonically, sound is the real test for us in terms of music and what we actually listen to. Yes. I'll tell you this too about sound, which is kind of sometimes why we're drawn to it. Um, it's like sugar, you know, when a kid has sugar, of course, oh my God, like the sensation is amazing. So with certain sounds, um, I believe Kanye even spoke about this, um, at some point too, is like that, that, uh, certain sounds hit your lower chakra, your sex chakra. And, uh, what that could possibly do is end up blocking your Kundalini energy so that it doesn't rise and that you don't continue manifesting as, as a powerful being on this planet. So it keeps, it, it, it like keeps the energy down. And sometimes, yes, there are, there is music that sound like, I, I w- would love, like I could go back like the whole 50 Cent album, Ludacris, but looking back and I'm like, oh my God, what, like I was a little, I was at 17 years old, I was in the club like, to the windows, to the walls. 
to the sweat drops down my balls, all these bitches crawls. I'm like, oh my God, no wonder I experienced a lot of detriment and even being raped in the industry because that was the vibration that I was intaking while having fun. But then my life played out and it transpired. And there are, are many, many factors that went into, you know, that happening in my life. But I'm like, you know, it was good to me, but back, and even then, if you turn on some ludicrous, I will jam out, but I'm like, I know that it's, it's not necessarily good for my spirit, and that's not what I want to feed my soul. So you mentioned that you were raped in the industry. I, I do want to touch on that. Do you mean literally or metaphorically? Yeah. Yes, by, yeah. literally, by a platinum-selling producer who introduced me to Diddy, and um, uh, I mean, I had Diddy calling me, texting me, welcome to the family. And because uh, because I kicked and bucked and I was not okay with that happening to me, they realized, oh, she's not down. She's not, she, she can't handle what we do. And that's what happens on the inside. You know what I mean? And which is why I'm speaking out against the industry right now. I have, I have no desire to make it in the music industry to sign a record deal. I don't have that desire anymore. I've been around and I've infiltrated and I've gotten to see what goes on on the inside to a certain degree, but enough to know that that's not where I want to head into. Well, let me first to say I'm sorry because um, it's it's crazy. Are you kind of and it's weird because I'm on the outside looking in. Like I always say, I'm not an artist. I don't make my music. I just love the genre, um, and it's always crazy to me and. And upsetting to me when these things come out that like, you know, people who are just trying to do their thing and contribute experience really horrific things. And, you know, credit to you because you're still making music and you're still making your own way. But I know that it would stop 99% of people from pursuing their dreams. Absolutely. I mean, I know of another uh, story of another girl. And I, if, if I get it, if, you know, my conversation is a little too steep for this podcast. Just let me know. But uh, a, a girl from New York who got picked up by Bruno Mars was out in the studio with a producer and a writer friend of mine. He flew them all out there and she signed a three album deal with Atlantic Records. Um, suffice to say, she went a little haywire and um, experienced some things she didn't want to experience and is no longer has doesn't want anything to do with the industry is not even on on social media anymore so um yeah it's 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 a lot out here and right now the record labels labels are are, are being investigated by the fbi um because you know it's just it's just too much and it's it's convoluting it's destroying the music it's destroying true art because a lot of the mainstream artists out right now again i'm telling you it sound like it's not art it is predictive programming that is that is uh, completely fabricated by an entire team, a creative production team, uh, like people that have. Like, I mean, I don't want to get too weird on here, but there's so many like they they they're very cunning in what they're doing out here, you know. And even people like Doja Cat coming out, who's saying after she like is now this big famous artist, she's like, I haven't really made the music I want to make. You know, and she's a dope artist. She is a vocalist. She is a writer. Her 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 uh, flow is crazy. But for her to say something like that, and then you know, of course, they have to keep their mouth shut eventually because they they sign on the dotted line, and you know, they want to eat and they don't want to get taken out and all that. But 
it's just, you know, the music industry is destroying music and we need to go back to, to that place of, of just authenticity in the music and, and, and just enjoying like just this upliftment and positivity. You know, I'm tired of seeing all this negative stuff in the music, you know, us women, we don't want to listen to walk. That's not empowering for women. And it was not written by women either. It was written by two men who are, I believe are here in Orlando. So, and as a woman who was raped in the industry, that's offensive to me, you know? And then a year later, now we're going to have Cardi B do an episode of Baby Shark for infant children. What's going on out here, you know? So, um, yeah, I think, I think the, 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 the spirit of the most high, uh, the spirit of God, the spirit of, of the ultimate spirit of love and positivity is going to envelop the earth very soon because too much is going on. And everyone out here is all positive vibes only. It's not positive vibes only. There's a lot of negativity going on. And until we can get to that true place of positivity, we have to clear out the mess. And that's what's going on. And I'm tired of seeing non artists like Cardi B, these female rappers who get their bodies done, don't even write. They cannot pen. They can't pen. And they're put on and winning Grammys. Shame on the, on the recording Academy. Shame on them. To be fair, the recording Academy has never been great. Let's no. be honest. It's never been a recognized thing where if you win a Grammy, you've earned it. I mean, the hip hop and the Grammys have always been separate. They've never really aligned. And so they've had criticism for years and years and years in terms of who their award, you know, best rap album or best album or best recording artist, whoever they record. So I think a hundred percent right on that, but I'm interested in the WAP because I remember when WAP came out, that's not my type of hip hop anyway. I've never been a huge fan of sex rap and talking about sex rap. Like I get if people are, but I remember speaking to some women and they're like, it's female empowerment. And so it's interesting when you say to me, because I think the claim was, and they might have to correct me if I'm wrong, but the claim was it um, allows women to be what men were, which is extremely sex positive. That was what they said. And I'm like, you know, each to their own, whatever you want to claim from this. I'm just not a huge fan of that. And I know it was huge, but it is obviously extremely interesting to me to hear you say that. What was your take? I mean, I know your take was not in the positive, but what was your take when people say things like that, that it is sex positive or that it is pro-female empowerment? Um, I feel like those are people that have not yet expressed or been able to express that side. And it is, it is important to, now that I'm seeing and, and even kind of seeing how my journey played out, it is important for them to go through that, to realize that it's not empowerment. Because at one point I was putting out more pro, like provocative photos on Instagram and I had like a, a, a manager and everything. And the attention I was getting, like the energy that was coming my way was felt disgusting. It was draining me. And I'm like, this isn't me. I didn't like it. It didn't feel good. So I stopped and, you know, all for what, you know, to try to get followers on social media and all that. And I'm like, no, this is, and, and a lot of people in the industry co coerced me into that too. And Atlantic exec was like, you need to sell sex. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I'm, 
I'm just, I'm, I'm done with that. You know what I mean? It's so I, I, as a woman who has kind of been through that and I even worked at Sin City for a month as a bottle girl, like way back in 2015. And uh, so I, it's not like I haven't been around those vibrations. You know, I did Cardi's, Cardi B's makeup back in 2013 on a video shoot. And when I was doing her makeup, she was complaining to me that men didn't respect her because of what she did, right? Ironically enough, you're empowering, right? You're supposed to be empowerment. Uh, and as when I was doing her, when she was complaining, you know, was, we were talking and everything, Smack White, who's a battle rap curator, he walks in the room and he looks at me and he's like, I want to shoot you. And I was like, no, I'm not here for that. I was like, I'm just a makeup artist. I was like, but I'm an artist. And in front of her, I started talking to him about how I'm an artist and talking my shit. And at the time I was working with a rapper named Ali Vegas. So all of a sudden dudes come around, they like, pay, like giving me props and paying me respect. She picked up on how to gain respect. She wasn't an artist, you know? She saw me and she saw how, how they, they paid me respect. So she went and started trying to gain respect in whatever way she could, you know what I mean? Um, so I, I lost my train of thought though. What, what, what was my point? We're talking about female empowerment through the song WAP. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, you know, um, I, I just see it as, you know, they haven't experienced that yet. And when you experience that enough, either you're just what I call an NPC in the matrix and you're just here to, to, to uh, perpetrate the vibration or you're one of spirit and of soul and, and you just need to experience. Yeah. I, I say, I think it's so interesting and especially women in hip hop is a completely different you know discussion piece because it is not a good history of women in hip hop i mean even the way women are discussed in hip hop has never been positive and so yeah. now it feels like i will say we are having female artists start to come out that are not being forced to show their bodies that like we're starting to have a few more like Shane Noir is one of them. Rhapsody is another one that are mm -hmm. artists. They're not, they're not, they don't need to sell sex to be successful. And I think that to me is more a female empowerment to be like, Hey, I am here purely because of my art rather than just because I look good in a music video or that I look good in a photo shoot. Yes. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that is, like when, when you can, how do I word it? Like when, when you can uh, fully resonate on the character and the essence of your being and project that over physicality, because this is simply a vessel that we live in. This is not everything, you know, we live forever, but we, this, this vessel just carries us through this small time and space and this experience. So, um, uh, what I, what I want to, and I say this all the time and I say this to young kids. And when I speak out there, like, you know, relish in, in, in your character, in the essence of your being and what you can do, you know, because this, this is just going to fade away. Do you, do you wonder what the impact will be on hip hop long-term music like this? Like what's your theory on the, I mean, well, we're like music, like, like what? Yeah. We're already seeing it. I'm going to tell you why, because I was just at the NOLA airport a few days ago and I left my mom at baggage claim. I went to the bathroom and I come out and this haggard guy comes in up to me and he's like, hey, do you want some money? And I was like, no, I'm OK, thank you. And he starts pulling out cash and he's like, I have money for you. And I was like, no, I'm, I don't I don't need it. I'm OK, thank you. And he was like, I need sex. And 
the perception out here because of, of songs like WAP and all that is that women will do anything for money. And that situation, I felt like it was a sex trafficking situation. Had I said yes, like maybe some other women would have for money, I would have been taken in a, in a vehicle and been kidnapped, you know? So it's like, it's, it's, it creates danger. And we're seeing more of that. Yeah, it's it, it's like a, a weird kind of space in time where like, you know, even me, like growing up, like I didn't see music to the extent that it's in right now. Like I would have never imagined that WAP would be, you know, playing everywhere. Like it was enormous. Like it was in clubs. It was virtual. I don't know. In Australia, it wasn't on the radio, but was it on the radio in the US? Oh, it was everywhere. Every where yeah yeah i couldn't imagine that a song that literally says wet ass pussy would be on the radio all the time it's what it's become this is america this the the land of the greed home of the mentally enslaved that's what i say and we got beef and and that whole record is talking about you know it's it's it i'm i'm dissing on the, the 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 surgery female rapper that isn't a true artist you know, I'm saying, why are these chicks got to have a fake gas running on that synthetic gas? Why every, why every Indian trying to be a chief? And that's paying homage to Lauren Hill. You know, when you step up in my game now, we got beef. These lamos, hey hoes, moldable like Play-Doh, got no spine to say no, don't even know the way though. Now it's your time to pay so, step up out my way, yo. Have you, what was, what's your, what's the reaction been from people? Because obviously you're not the quietest person, you're quite outspoken. Um, which is a good thing. I always think personality is a good thing. Um, but have you had reaction? What What have you heard from not only fans, but other people like from all the things that you talk about? Um, I mean, I, I get, I always get positive feedback, especially from people that I know, you know what I mean? Like even when like shy, like sent it to people that he knew and all that, they were like, Oh my God, this is a hit. This is great. Um, and then, and then, you know, you get your, your trolls on, on social media, especially now on TikTok, I just kind of went viral. So I'm, again, I'm, I'm, I'm even speaking out against Drake. Cause we, like, I'm so, a lot of us know that Drake was an industry plant. He was a, an actor kid, a Canadian actor kid from a show called Degrassi. And then he comes out on a Sprite commercial saying first name, greatest last name ever. Like, sir, where did you come from? From the cold, hard streets of Toronto or, you know, of Degrassi, you know, like he paid no dues in hip hop. Where did he come from? You know what I mean? But the thing about it is that you have your true hip hop heads. And I'm like, yo, no one is coming out like really defending this shit. And nobody, everyone wants it because nobody wants to mess up their bag in their pocket. They don't want to ruffle feathers. So then we get all this stuff comes flooding in because of money and record labels and, you know, the capitalists that want to just take over. And then hip hop gets commandeered. And, you know, so anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, uh damn i lost my train of thought again <laughs> <laughs> don't worry it literally happens to me all the time literally all the yes, time all the time <laughs> do you so this is probably a question you might get asked before but like you obviously take shots at big artists who have a lot of respect a lot of you know props a lot of fans is there not a do people ever ask you like 
are you only taking shots because you're not as big as them? Oh yeah. Oh, well not, not any one person. Yeah. I, I think people have asked me that too. And at this point, okay. So there has like, I have to be honest, like there has been resentment, bitterness, anger. I, I can't say that those things don't exist. And if any human claims that they have never experienced those emotions, then they're lying. So this whole thing, oh, you're, you're just, of course I'm bitter. I was raped multiple times. I I've sat in producer studios and sat down to write. And they're like, they didn't understand my lyrics. I've had men say, oh, well, let me senior edit your lyrics. I've had people like shit on me, all this kind of, they, people do not know my journey. So yeah, there's a little bit of bitterness in there. You know, I, I have to admit, but at, at this point, I, I've, I've experienced what I've experienced. I've seen what I've seen. And I know I do not want to head in the, the direction of the music industry. So this is what I'm doing. I'm here, I'm here to uplift humanity and I'm here to destroy what is a detriment to humanity. I wonder if those people that are really successful have gone through a similar thing. They just keep pushing forward though. Um, I mean, I don't know of, of anyone that is really, really famous that hasn't sold their soul. You can kind of tell in the symbolism, you know, like I'm, I'm a very spiritual person. I grew up in a spiritual household. My grandmother has a, a heavy spiritual background, not outside of Christianity. So I, I'm very knowledgeable in those areas and you can just see, you know what I mean? So it's not that they were, that it's, it's really that they just gave up and gave in and, you know, there, a lot of them really don't have as much money as we think that they do. And it's, it's really a big illusion. It's a big illusion. But I think fame is the, is the ultimate driver. It's the attention. It's the ego. Like I think, you know, in a certain way, we all part of us wants to be famous. You know, in in a weird way, you know, I don't start the podcast if I don't want to be famous. We don't start being musicians and promoting. We we want recognition. I'll tell you this though. Growing up, been singing since I was five. Right. I, I wasn't allowed to listen to secular music. I wasn't allowed to really watch television. So I didn't have this image of a pop star that I was like, oh my God, I want to be that. And I want to be there. I grew up singing in church. Like, that's what I did. I My mom put me in, in tap, jazz and ballet when I was five. I did my first play at five. So I was just, I just did what I did. And then by the time I was like 12 years old, people were like asking for my autograph all the time and calling me Hollywood. And people ended up projecting that onto me where I was the happiest kid just doing what I did. And then eventually, you know, when I got older, I'm like, yeah, I want to make a career out of this. And then all of those ideas of fame start to hit. And then, you know, with all the projections of people on you and all that. And even now, like it's, it's famous is a very scary thing. And it's not that I like, I, I don't, I don't really desire this fame anymore. I would love recognition for what I do. But um, that fame game is, is very, I, I don't desire to be worshipped. I don't think that's a healthy thing for humans to do to another human being. But I would like to be admired and respected. Yeah, it's weird. Like, you know, yeah. it, it's when, when, when I look back and I look at where society is, it's like an interesting place. Um, and... I don't know, especially in the US, like, again, like growing up in Australia, we're almost like a small version 
of the US. We kind of like adopt the things that is happening over there, mm. but like it's not as prevalent. We've got a population of like 25 million people here. So it's not as extreme. But then sometimes we look out there and we're like, damn, it just feels like it's a bit of a circus. Uh-huh. Oh, like here in America? Yeah. It is a circus. <laughs> it really is. Does it, like, I don't know, does it, is it weird when you see, like, just people playing the game? Like, it's a weird game at the moment. Like, it feels like it's all a game and it's just about who plays the game the best. Yeah. Yeah. And that game is 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 not a, a nice one. You know what I mean? It's like you don't get to uh, live the life you want to live. Let's just say that. Do you think this is why artists are starting to make their own labels? Like the the wave of independent labels are starting to come. Like that's what I've started to see is more people are going, you know what, I'm going to make my own label with my own artists and I'm going to be able to control the own style of music rather than go really corporate. Yes. Um, there are artists. I, I, I believe like Sean Kingston was one of those two. I don't know why he just came to mind, but I think he just didn't want to deal with the industry and what goes on. So he just kind of like separated. Um, yeah. And even now, like, I mean, th- so much information is, is, is coming out and even now, like, I mean, Spotify and iTunes, all that's like an, a scam for artists. You know what I mean? Like the fact that we have to go through these, you know, these third parties and these platforms that are really amassing all the money and just kind of taking away our energy and creativity. Like it's, we, we need to come up with some more creative ways to get our music out there. And the fact that they're making like DJ software that can only play songs from Spotify, they're, they're pretty much, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're stopping the flow. Well, I would say 90% of the people on the planet, well, not the planet, maybe in the Western world, get their music from Spotify or That's the thing is, is it's, it's, it's totally centralized. So, um, again, that's, that's kind of like the record labels, you know, they're where they're, they're the gatekeepers and, and all of that. And so we're just finding other ways and trying to, you know, trying to figure it out. I do believe that, that Facebook, that meta is coming up with some kind of uh, alternative to Spotify, I believe. So even now, like I have records that I've just held that I, I'm not putting out because I'm, st- I'm just trying to strategize and wait for more information so that I can have the best possible push. Do you not think that Meta is just another version of it? Like I look at Meta yeah. and I'm like, it's a fake world, literally. It's li- that's what it is. It's a metaverse. It's like a world within a world. And to me, it almost feels like another way to distract you from real life. That you can Absolutely. go into this weird kind of different world. You put some goggles on, the real world doesn't exist, and you have a different economy. I'm a I'm rich here, I'm famous here, but then you take the goggles off, and with your as you said, your vessel, it it's not there. So I don't know. To me, it's it's strange. Like I look at these things and I look at them as distractions. I had this conversation with my brother. It always worries me when it's like a new world. Because it's like while the real world is happening or while this world is happening, you're in this fake world. And it just gives yeah. power to more the people who are actually running the show in the real world. Absolutely. Like the movie Surrogates. Have you ever seen it with Bruce yeah. Willis? Yeah. Predictive programming. 
You know what I mean? Once you start seeing that, you can kind of see what they're, they're like, what they're, what they're going to be doing and what they're up to. You know what I mean? And I say they, you know, wherever we all, we call them the powers that be in government, you know what I mean? So, and even the word government means to, to govern meant to control the mind. So, uh, which is what people in early hip hop were also talking about. You know what I mean? You have people like, um, prodigy who started coming out, speaking out against things. And, you know, I, I got the chance to meet him years ago and, um, then he, they, they took him out. I mean, you, you don't, they, they claim that he died from choking on an egg in the hospital. I thought he, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought he died from sickle cell. No, he did have sickle cell. He was in the hospital for his sickle cell, but they claimed that his, the cause of death was him choking on an egg. Yeah, I mean, I always think, you know, Prodigy is one of the greatest rappers. Like, but he also was gangster rap and he obviously spoke about what he saw though. Um and he started experience. turning it around though, if you notice. That's why Illuminati got my mind, soul, and my body. You listen to that first verse, you hear what he was saying. Like he was like, I was I like I I, I don't know all the lyrics verbatim, but he was like, I was caught up in this, you know? And then even Ali Vegas, Ali Vegas was signed to Trackmasters. He was on Trackmasters with 50 and uh, he was under Tommy Mottola. Like Tommy Mottola had him under his wing. And uh, he was the, the first person that told me, he's like, yeah, the stylist is the first one that comes and, and gets you to do, uh, gets you to, to go against your moral compass. So he never, he, he decided not to go in because he didn't want to do it. And that's someone who I had a personal relationship with, you know? Yeah, it's again. It's like it's so weird and so because I love listening to stories like this. Not love because they're not good stories, but I'm but, always yeah. I always find it the the most like music is one thing, but I find the industry behind the music the most interesting because we don't really get to see a lot of insight into it. And you know, I've spoken to artists and they. You know, they say, oh, I can't mention like certain people's names because obviously they have NDAs and obviously they also have, you know, careers they want to continue having, whether it's songwriters, whether it's ghostwriters, whoever you are. So it's always interesting when I hear what happens behind the scenes because mm -hmm. I think that we do need to talk about it because young and upcoming artists, they need to know what they're getting into and like there's just not that much education of like what happens within a label and how a label runs as opposed mm -hmm. to here's the, here's what it looks like. Here's the fame. Here's the money. Here's everything that you want, the unlimited sex that you can potentially have, but they don't show you the other side of like, okay, what mm -hmm. does it actually cost? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even now, like it's coming out that, you know, labels are taking out, you know, insurance on rappers life insurance just in case they die you know so it's like and and there there are death clauses and contracts you hit it if you hit a certain volume certain numbers then it's like which is why they set up celebrities like like even now britney spears i think kanye's is being co commandeered by the kardashians I, it's that's a whole confusing thing but um 
I, I kind of started seeing, I'm like, oh, these Hollywood elitist families, they will, they take a big talented celebrity, that celebrity masses, but uh, amasses a bunch of money. Then they MK ultra them. They send them to Cedar Sinai and rehab. Right. And then they put them under conservatorship and through legal ways and all that kind of stuff with it, where they know they can c- take someone's money. And Warden Hollywood right now, allegedly, is that the Kardashians stole $600 million from Britney Spears. So, like, they're, you know, you go, uh, YouTube it. People are talking about it. And they have, like, receipts and, you know, money is being funneled through like, different accounts and all that. And all of a sudden, Kylie Jenner pops up as a billionaire. You know what I mean? So, it's, I'm telling you, the illusion is Hollywood. The music industry is Hollywood. And Hollywood was created, in this, Hollywood was created by the CIA. So again, you know what I mean? It's, but there are people like myself, people like Shy VA, people, you know, a lot of us artists who I call us artists of the light. And we're here to, um, to, to share our art and, and to, and what happens when you, when you shed light in a dark place, you're not really going to see some pretty things, you know what I mean? So being, being a light worker doesn't mean that it's all, you know, bunnies and roses. Being a light worker means that you're going to have to get your hands dirty. And, and we're, we're here to do that. And it, even if you listen to Shai's uh, lyrics and music, he, he's, he's talking about some stuff. He weaves it in a way where, you know what I mean? And he's, he's doing that, that whole trap sound and all that. But he, he's reversing the spell that is being cast on people. So let me ask you what your next kind of part of your career looks like because obviously we've spoken about quite a lot so far but i'm interested to know like okay we're here in this moment within hip-hop we've got you know a lot to say clean up and a lot to shed light on but what do you see as your contribution moving forward and does that look like the rest of your career or do you see it for a time period like what does that look like I mean, hip hop, I, I will, I will, I will always resonate with the vibration of hip hop and the lifestyle. It's, it's like, it's, it's in me for the rest of my life. Um, I'm probably always going to make music until, you know, that one day until I stop or what, until my voice goes out, you know what I mean? Um, and, and like, I'm just going to keep doing me. I don't, I, I, there is nothing that a mainstream signed artist does that I cannot do. I shoot videos, I make music, I perform, I do all that. Now I might not be on a Grammy stage and I might not be on the big stages, you know, soon enough. I do believe that that will happen. And we're going to see a a bit of a transition where us artists of light are going to be placed on, on those platforms. Um, So, so yeah, I, I think there's just, there's a shift happening right now. So we're going to see it's going to be like a flip of entirely a new set of artists. And, and what I call it is just the, the uh, we're being attuned to a different frequency. So as the, as the planet raises in, in vibration and frequency, then people will all of a sudden start to pay attention to this. And they'll tune out of that and then they'll tune into this. You see people now, they're tuning out of mainstream media. You know what I mean? Nobody really listens to mainstream media much anymore. It's, it looks foolish. So it's going to look like that. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't watch the news because, like, I know that it's perpetrating a side, that it's opinionated, that there's there's no such thing as unbiased media these days. 
Yeah. Like it probably never was unbiased, but it felt less biased. These days it is so obvious which side it perpetrates. Like it's like I agree with this side or I agree with that side and every opinion I have is going to be one-sided. It's not going to actually objectively try and uncover the truth. And I think you're Mm -hmm. 100% right. Like people don't watch the news as much as they want. People don't read the news as much. It's like gossip now. Now it's like, you know, headlines and then you read it and it has nothing to do with the headline. And it's like, okay, so I know what this was. This was just an attempt to get me to read something and then people read headlines and they're like that's fact and then they use the headline as the moniker for the news and it's like no you didn't even read the piece of work that they did it's not sourced it's just opinionated and it's so strange that and but yeah a lot of people are are catching on to it and like the part of the reason i stopped watching the news especially during covid is like it was depressing like every day it's just like this is bad This is bad. Mm-hmm. The world is sucks. Here's a fluff piece about, you know, a puppy. And that was it. That's what the news is. And so just tuned out. And I'll tell you, COVID showed us. I don't know how many people got it, but how all of these celebrities and artists, mainstream artists, are mainstream media. They were the ones, like, yelling at us, telling us to mask up and to stay home. And, and to, like, what? you're the same as me. You know what I mean? What makes you an authority in telling me to mask up, you know, and then telling us to vote for a specific party? All of them, all of them, all of them. So come on. You know what I mean? And then the ones that are, are, are saying to vote for the opposite, they're being pegged, they're being bashed in the media. What does that tell you? And look at our country now. We're in shambles. You know? So. You know, there's there's a really powerful quote. I forget who it was by, but the quote says, in any society, look at who you're not allowed to criticize and I'll tell you who's in power. Yes. 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 And so that saying to me epitomizes everything. And so whenever anyone is like, you can't say this or you can't criticize that, you can't criticize them, it's like, well... Why? Exactly. And I mean, even, even Malcolm X said it back, back in the day, he, what did he say? He was like, um, I can't say it verbatim, but basically like whoever the media is bashing is probably the good guy. (laughs) You know, you know, I'm, I'm not saying anything, you know what I mean? I have my ideas of what's going on. I do believe in two birds of a feather. Like I don't believe in government at all. I don't believe any of them are, you know, I, 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 I just don't, um, like I said, government means to control the mind. And I, I do foresee in maybe the next 50 to a hundred years, government being abolished, um, and, and, and humanity governing oneself, all of us governing oneself, because the whole value system is going to start to come down to, cause that was built on common core mathematics so, you know, in early hip hop too, they, you know, they, they talk about certain mathematics and all that as well. So I started studying vortex-based mathematics, which lets us know that there's no larger number in the universe than nine. So in actuality, you can't stack numbers. So our whole money and value system was created on a completely false illusion to make us think that others have more than we do and vice versa. So, and it also uh, teaches us the Fibonacci sequence, three, six, nine. 
and and can you, how can to- you go back to that that there's no number higher than nine um i'm not great well i'm okay with maths i did okay at school and then they started adding uh uh what was it uh letters to maths and i was like okay you kind of <laughs> lost me on this part but so so when you say there's no greater number than nine like what do they mean by that okay so after nine you you have 10 which is just a one and a zero right okay so in in vortex-based mathematics one plus one equals three as opposed to common core where one plus one equals two and to simplify that you take two humans two humans procreate and you produce a third so that is the true mathematics of the universe which is also when we you know we use numbers to to uh to formulate the positive frequencies which is in music you can break it down which are good for your your spirit your soul and there are negative ones that are that cause uh you know disharmony would in, you not say ones. that one plus one equals two before eight equals three would, would you say that would that happen that happens before one plus one equals three yeah um no because the like i said the action like you you get two two humans one and one produces a third now the stacking we know we know common core so it makes sense in our mind because that's what we were programmed to stack numbers but in actuality you can't stack numbers everything energy flows through everything everything is the, life is a circle there it's not linear time is relative so when we understand how everything flows in and out of each other and 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 how spirit is just like then then we can we we tap into an abundant mindset so then even now when you know they they want to control our thinking and you know we're in a in a recession and people they want to tell us we're going to be making less money and that all this and that where we can actually mentally rise above the government um and and tap into our abundance vibrationally and every day have everything we need and want and continue to create and manifest and mm -hmm. so i was just going to say i think there is a difference between what you're talking about numbers in the universe and numbers in science because obviously numbers in science and to build things, there is a difference to just like, you know, two people making a third. Like, I think there is a difference between the two. Well, well, I mean, in science, okay. So like the, our most substantial form of science we have in our world today is quantum physics. Everything else is theories based on comprised matter in this matrix simulation. Now it's made up. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to word this properly right now, but um, if we really like, you can reason and you can make things up and find it with it, like whatever you want in this simulation, but there is an actual actuality, which is the epicenter of all creation. And that is the vortex-based mathematics. That is Fibonacci sequence, three, six, nine. You know, you go down to uh, nine boils back down to that one. You know, and even the Bible, it says, uh, if first John says, John one says in the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was, was with God and the word became flesh. One word, one sound, one frequency ends up it's creation manifestation in the universe today. You know, this conversation makes me think like, how do we ever know that we're not being programmed? We're always being programmed because we're that's, we have a subconscious mind. There's, there is a program in order to operate. We have to have a certain programming. It's just what is your programming now? One 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 person can 
can, uh, you can reprogram yourself. We just have to have the knowledge. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's weird because when it comes to society and you were talking about government, I don't see a change in government unless there's a civil war. Like, historically, that has been the only way for there to be any meaningful change within any country for a change in government. And, you know, we see it through history that there needs to be a point where the people within a place or within a country decide that they've had enough and they want to uproot it all. And, you know, it's weird because it felt like there was a huge boiling up in the US two years ago with uh, George Floyd. Um, and again, looking from the outside in, it felt like they were on the brink of civil war. Like it was really scary to see that, you know, what was known, especially in the Western world, as the most powerful, the looming light for all other countries was on that brink. But, you know, I definitely think there is uh, a, a misconception in terms of, Government and government has a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, wait, say that again. You think so? I think there is. I think the only real way for a change in huge governmental structure is oh, through civil war. It's civil war. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I believe we're still at civil war right now. It just doesn't look like what it did in the past, where we're all out here with guns and everything. You know what I mean? But we, we are at civil war. So it's a war of the minds. It's a war of, of, of. Um, police and you know a lot of us are fighting right now do you think that it will like do you think it'll be 50 or 100 years like what what gives you those numbers as opposed to longer term it to me that just seems kind of reasonable with what i like with today's temperature you know and i mean i don't know it's it's just kind of what i projected it was just a number i threw out and what i felt in on in the moment but I do know that I was sent here to earth to help. So as long as I live, you know, I, I'm going to fulfill my purpose and my mission. It is interesting, though. There are definitely people who are pro-government. And I always find that interesting. You know, my family is Russian. So, you know, growing up in a... They were never a communist country. They were always trying to be communist. They were socialist. Um, but they were obviously... they lived in a country that was total government control. You didn't have freedom. Um, you know, my my babushka, my grandmother, she always said, you know, when she was there, that like it was like a black market. You had to trade people. So her father was a dentist and you couldn't buy like meat or bread that had none at supermarkets. So what you had to do, you had to make a deal with the baker or with the butcher. And so you'd be like, I'll give you dental care come to my house, I'll look after you and they'll give you food. And so it was this black market of like, you know, the government will claim you will have enough, but no one had enough. And so they created their own economy of like, you have to share, you have to make deals with people. So the butcher would like keep a special cut of meat for you at the back before they run out. And so they would do a lot of that. So when people like pro increase government control, I'm like, but we've seen what that looks like and that does not look good. Yeah. I mean, that a lot of people are speculating that's what's happening here. You know, we're headed toward that, you know, that socialist communist kind of 
you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll find out. I think the idea is better than the reality. Like, I don't think those things can work on a big scale. I think in small communities where it's like, you know, I think they say, you know, that a great community is like a hundred people is like the right size for something like that to work where it's like you all work for the collective, you know, you all work together, but in a population of 360 million, it's never going to happen. And they're always run by dictatorships. Yes. And it will not happen under the understanding of common core mathematics because it's, you know what I mean? It continues to, to enslave people um, and, and, and keep people, keep people under that illusion. Now, vortex-based mathematics, if everyone starts stepping into that understanding and, and that vibration, then we can create a utopian society where there is just free renewable energy for everyone and, and enough uh, circulating energy. But under Common Core, it's impossible. Is that because of competition? Is that the, the core meaning of like me versus you? Probably separation, competition, um, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's the opposite of unity, you know, and that's where we're trying to go is, is, you know, to unite humanity. At least that's what I'm trying to do. Well, I think, uh, I think only good can come from trying to bring people closer together and trying to bring, you know, mutual understanding. And as, as you said at the beginning of the, the podcast, the more conversations we have, whether you agree or not is not the point. It's about talking about it and listening rather yes. than just shutting it down. And I think this goes back to why a lot of people don't watch the news is because they don't listen. It's just shouting. Um, yes. And, you know, I'm sure there are parts of my opinions and there are parts of your opinions that people will agree or disagree, but that's the whole point. And whether it's a thought, whether it's something you've never thought about, I think that's the whole point of just getting you to start thinking about stuff. I know there are things that I'll take away from this conversation and start thinking about, and who knows what I'll come up with. I always think that like, you got to be open to hearing the other side so that at the end of the day, if they convince you that the other thing is better or makes more sense, then that's probably the right yeah. thing. Yeah. And for me, like I would like people to know I'm apt to teach. I'm not cemented. And I, everything changes and I, I learn, I learn new things every day. So like you said, like, let's talk about it. I would love to hear the other sides and, and, you know, like I, I do have strong opinions and people, you know, they see that and it can ruffle their feathers, but I, I'm also open to learn something new as well. Well, I think that part of what makes you strong and opinionated is that you've gone through a, a significant journey and it's always good to see that, you know, the worst thing in the world is to be, you know, from what you've gone through to be a shell of yourself. So I think it's props to you for not only, you know, making music, but also willing and ready to fight for what you believe in. And I think that's an important trait. And I think that should be admired regardless of whether you agree or not. I think that's the whole point is like, you should be willing to stand for what you feel and your values um, and not just hide in the corner. I think a lot of people are scared of showing their true self. So that is definitely something that people can take away from you. So I give you props for that Thank for you. sure. Thank you. <laughs> well, I only have one more question. I know we, we've kind of gone down a rabbit hole. I never expected. That's why I love doing this podcast because I don't plan the questions um, and we just find things to talk about, which is awesome mm -hmm. 
Um, but this question I do plan. So I lie when I said I don't plan any. I do plan one. Um, it's probably not going to be the hardest question I've, an- I've asked you today, but if you could recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of, cannot be your own music, can be any genre of music, what would it be? Oof. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, Miseducation really is my favorite album out there. And I don't idolize anybody, but Lauren Hill is the one person I come maybe close to idolizing. So that's that's the album. There you go. The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. I absolutely love it as well. Um, and as we said at the beginning of the podcast, it is iconic, I, number one iconic in hip hop. And it changed the trajectory for a lot of artists, especially a lot of female artists who took a lot away from what she did in that album. And especially because not only was she female, but she was a mother and she represented, and I've said this before, she represented what it was to be female, a mother and a woman within hip hop really well. She kind of nailed all of that part. She didn't pretend to be something she wasn't. And the expression on there was true and you could just feel the emotion on it. I think that's probably one thing that we miss from current music is emotion. Like there are songs that you can really listen to and I'm like, okay, I can hear how you feel on this song as opposed to, oh, this is a product that you made. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's true art, you know? So I will be putting out, I'm coming out with a disc record, Cardi B disc called The Real Trap Selena. So... We need to get back to that. We, we don't have disc records anymore. You know what I mean? Hey, I know I am better than Cardi B. Okay. I just got to say that I'm a way better rapper. I actually write. I sing. The whole record is written by me. I don't have seven writers on it. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, I'm coming with it. When's the drop going to be? Um, well, I'm looking right now. I will. Let's see. October. I think maybe. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, Tina Torres. Obviously, I'm excited to see. I always love diss tracks anyway because I think they're a core part of <laughs> hip-hop. Um, but, yes. but um, yeah, is there anything else you wanted to plug? Obviously, you can find her on Instagram as well. Obviously, Spotify as well, YouTube as well. But is there anything else you wanted to shout out? Anything else you wanted to plug for your fans? Definitely TikTok. I'm talking my shit on TikTok right now. So... <laughs> <laughs> Well, make sure you check out her TikTok. Um, always keen to hear if you agree, whether you disagree. Um, I don't really care either way. Let us know. Shout out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think I'll be surprised by how many people also agree with you, um, <laughs> and they just don't say it in their everyday real life. But it was absolute pleasure to have you on the show, and okay. we'll definitely have to do it again. And hopefully, uh, we'll have to see what what happens with the Cardi B diss. I mean. Anyone says there's a disc coming out and I'm always excited because I'm like, yes, (laughs) Yes. here we go. Here we go. I want to (laughs) see some battle rapping. I want to see, I, what drives me crazy is when rappers talk on Instagram live and I'm like, what are you guys talking for? Make a song. You know what? Okay. I like that. You're right. All right. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.